Hey everyone, this is Ashley, producer of the Obstars podcast. Today we're bringing you a special episode featuring a live session recorded at Obstars 2023 in San Francisco. Enjoy. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to kind of, we have some questions we want to ask, but we also want to engage the audience and see what you guys are experiencing too. So hopefully we'll have some time to do that. As she said, I am Christine Maxey. I lead revenue operations at Lean Data. And that for us, uh, company size, just under 200. Why I'm telling you this, it does matter. The size of your company, some of the things I say will be more relevant to a smaller company. And we roll up to the COO and we have, as I mentioned, marketing, sales, SDR, customer success operations, and the deal desk. So do you want to introduce yourself and give a little, what's most recent size company you've worked at as well? Sure. Hi. You guys can call me Kat. Uh, if you want to try and pronounce my name, good luck. Uh, <laughs> most recent company I was with was Weights and Biases. Um, pretty small SMB, around 250 people, not super large. Um, they did ML Ops. They did what? ML Ops, machine learning operations. So if you're an AI, which I hear is really popular right now, uh, and you need a CRM environment to help do QA and the whole spiel of like understanding if your product's actually working the way it's supposed to be, look up weights and biases. They're actually really good. Uh, Hine Venables, I've been at New Relic for about three years and I run our growth, global growth operations uh, team, which is sales operations, marketing ops, uh, strategy, and tech. And we support our uh, landing the new logos and then moving them to actual sales enterprise to grow uh, the accounts. Awesome. Thank you. So the first question we wanted to start with was what, how have you seen the RevOps landscape change in the last six to nine months? And I want to think of that in two ways. One is RevOps and then how we support the business, like what we have seen in the business changes. Um, do you want to get started and, and then I can... I'll wrap it up too. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, how, how has it not changed? Uh, so I'm sure what most of you guys have seen is there was a lot of departments split out through ops. You had sales ops, marketing ops, and the very rare unicorn CX ops that I'm sure like now it's becoming more popular in this down market. Uh, biggest change I've seen is uh, unifying it into one central organization, revenue operations, hi a term that everybody should be familiar with by now, right? Um, to break down those walls and those barriers um, and also being a one-man team. Maybe you guys haven't seen that if you're in a much larger organization or if you're a brand new startup, you just have someone that's, you know, that can go out there and just start building for you. But a lot of it these days as a revenue ops professional that I've seen the most change of is I need to know how to do all of it. I need to know how to manage data governance. I need to know how to do systems management, not just managing, standing it up, implementation, vendor negotiation. Any vendors out there that recognize me? Hi. Uh, very close <laughs> to my vendors, always have been. And then also understanding the full customer lifecycle journey. No longer are, if you were in sales ops, no longer are you just going to understand operate, uh, opportunities. You have to understand where the leads are coming from. How are they getting to uh, all the way down to the campaigns? What is the ROI on those campaigns? And then in this market, customer success is getting their star finally to shine because retention is now the most important thing. 
So that's the biggest change that I've seen in RevOps in this space. I think for us, um, most recently is um, really doing, I think we've talked less, more with less. Um, we've had to downsize our tools, really look at duplication of tools across the org. Um, we start, I was mentioning earlier, you touched about this in your session earlier. We had to, we established a tool governance board um, throughout the entire company because we realized we had five ETL tools. We had multiple um, survey tools. And so really coming together as an organization and consolidating those down, which takes a lot of time, right? To go off another tool, to implement a new tool with the organization. And so that's been um, one of the, the biggest areas I think we've had to adjust. Remind me the size of your org? Uh, 2,500 employees. Okay. So you can see, I heard five of the same tool and I was like <laughs> yeah. blown away. Um, what I saw, two things that resonated with me this year were um, all that tech change required so much investigation work on my team. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as simple as we're gonna rip this out. It was, do we need something new? Do, is the, we actually bought a lot of tech this year, I thought, Oh, I have to cut my budget. Great, it's going to be an easy year. It was not. It was the exact opposite. We invested a lot because we cut so much of the things that weren't driving value for us anymore that we had more spend to go out there and invest in. And as I said, there were some great partnerships to be had and software was discounted a bit this year to invest in those partnerships. So we did that. A lot of time investing in researching the viable options, coming up with the best solution, an implementation plan, working with enablement. They hate me this year, but I love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, the other thing that we saw was changes to the customer success teams, not only internally, but every vendor was like reimagining customer success and what that looked like. And that was really a breath of fresh air because when I started, we had 40 pieces of tech. If I'm meeting with you every week, or every month, I mean, that is a lot of time that I'm just meeting with you just to say hi, because I often am just, I'm okay, I don't need to talk to you. So, um, and it's not personal, I'm just really busy and I'd like to talk to you <laughs> when I think you could drive value or when I have a problem. And so we made some of that change internally and I saw a lot of our vendors changing the way that they support the customers to meet them where they're at, not where the industry said they should be, so. Um, when other area I was going to mention is, um, as I've hired my team, um, we have less resources uh, throughout the company. And so I'm really going, looking for different skill sets in each of, like I have three sales ops, and having different skill set within each of those that I can go to them and be more self-sufficient. So I don't have to rely on other teams and their prioritizations, because we have different priorities. And so trying to be more self-sufficient has been another area of focus for the team. This wasn't on the list, but um, <laughs> how did you find optimizing the tech that you were going to keep? Did you focus on that at all? So using it more maybe, like, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'll have to say Lean Data was one of those tools. <laughs> <laughs> Only because it's like, you know, our, B, our business applications team, we needed to route cases. They wanted to write it their way, but it was going to be six months out. I'm like, Lean Data can do that. So really looking at what are we not using in the tools to help us do what we needed to do today. That could change in six months once BA has the opportunity they, to, to work on that. But 
really looking at what we're not using in the in the tools. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, having the resource and the time to meet with these vendors to really understand what they're capable of, I think it should be a priority. I really do. Um, because a lot of tools are now trying to have an all-in-one suite. You don't know what you're missing out on. So yeah, you might have five tools that do the same, but everybody's like, oh, I have my favorite here and there. As a RevOps person, you have to make that decision. You have to make sure you have as low of impact on your extended teams as possible. So I'll talk to Lean Data and be like, hey, I hear that you guys also do this. You also do that. I'm going to you know, cancel these other tools because you bring that already. I'm already paying for that. Another big one um, is like enrichment tools. Uh, maybe you don't know that you can plug it into your CRM and automatically enrich your data instead of manually exporting the data or asking sales reps to go one by one by one to find the information. It's part of your contract and you won't even know it because it's being underutilized. That's a big savings cost right there. And, it, and you know, data right here right now is priceless. I, yeah, I will agree. I spent a, more time on tech this year than I have in the past because as we looked into the tech that we wanted to keep and was business critical, we did need to make those evaluations um, and say, you know, this was implemented a few years ago and we don't, we're just kind of, you know, doing the same thing and we could be doing better and re-engaging and coming up with new ideas. Um, oh, I like this one. Have you been evaluating pieces of your tech stack and reimagining what it looks like and giving some attention to some of those newer, smaller vendors? Yeah, I think this was something we talked about. I love this. Um, so we got rid of our chat tool probably almost a year ago. It was very expensive. It wasn't working for us. And we just got rid of it. It's an important piece of lead gen on your website, right? And so we are in talks with a very early startup a company. Come on, name drop. Do it. Two part, warmly. Okay. <laughs> warmly. <laughs> um, they're very, very early. They don't have all the bells and whistles, but it's going to come in and do what we need it right now. Very inexpensive. Like, I can't even, way less expensive than some of the other bigger tools out there. And so we're going to go in and be a partner with them. We're going to help shape their tool and awesome. those kinds of companies. And I've been an early adopter. I will say I was an early adopter of Lean Data years and years and years ago. And look what it's become. And I've been part of part of the that vision, I think, at some point. But we're going to partner with them. And it's very inexpensive. And we're going to help shape their tool. And we'll get extra even support from them. Uh, and so it's been a, it's going to be a great I think experience, but and we're getting it for a very inexpensive right now, versus paying like 150 out the door for other tools. And so that's something that we're really looking into across the board. I 100% agree, guys. This is the time <laughs> to look at new vendors. This is the time in a down market. People are hungry. Guess who's the hungriest? The new ones. <laughs> if you have a, a, a tool right now that's been around established. They're good. They don't mind if, you know, if you're not super happy. <laughs> um, unless we like mind you're friends with their CEOs. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm talking about those big multi, like okay. Okay. huge, you know, like Salesforce. Yeah. Uh, now is the time to look at those smaller startups because they will be flexible with you. Uh, prime example, um, a company that you, maybe you guys have heard of, maybe you haven't, Zoom. Anybody heard of that? I worked at Zoom, pre-IPO, post-IPO, during Zoom COVID. conferencing. Zoom conferencing. <laughs> and uh, one of the biggest projects I had to do was overhauling the entire Salesforce environment. 
and bring in the hierarchy. Now, this is a horizontal SaaS company, millions upon millions of records. I looked at Dun & Bradstreet. In my mind, they're, they've been around forever. You know, okay, that's their market. I didn't go with them. I did a three-month-long comparison analysis, up and down, left and right, however you could think of, because I was, I, you know, this is Zoom. I'm like, I got to be very thorough. I didn't go with them because they were not flexible with us as a company. They didn't meet us even halfway. I love the people there. They were absolutely, I became friends with one of the sales reps. He moved companies. I'm still talking to him to this day. They're, they're my extension, right? I ended up going with Leadspace, probably a name you maybe not have heard before, but because they were like, yeah, we'll do all this work with you guys and we'll bend over backwards. And they actually got me the data I wanted where I looked and was like, this is actually way more accurate than others. They won Zoom, which was, you know, huge. So. Yeah, I would add sometimes second to market is, is okay. Some of those players that have been in the market are trying to expand, um, but that's new. Ex expanding is hard and you have to really drive value through the products you're expanding into. And when you create overlap, it feels worth it sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't. And one of the things we take into consideration when looking at smaller tech, and I'll, I'll tell you a few pieces of tech that were smaller that we liked this year, um, was what's the cost to replace them? So some pieces of tech, rip and replace is extremely costly, high change management, um, hard to do, time consuming. Other pieces, chatbot, that's, that's worth a risk, right? That's, that seems like a great place to start. Um, one of the things we implemented this year was a company called LightDash. They're a BI visualization tool and we've just had a really good um, experience with them, also new, but again, low risk because it's the visualization tool, right? So recreating reports and, and dashboards isn't as hard as ripping and replacing your CRM or your, your engagement tool. Um, we also really liked Avoma for our call recording. Again, very simple. They do what they say they're going to do. They don't have a lot of the bells and whistles. They do. Actually, some of them we don't use. But um, you find that at a lot of the companies, a lot of them have things you're not using. So you need all those bells and whistles. Sometimes you don't. And But that's what she was saying. Like, Have you looked at those things to see right. if they're value add and said yes or no? Um, Sounds good. And I know our company too, like we release a lot um, and it can be overwhelming. So we're trying to make sure that the things that we release are things that are needed, consumable, and we understand the best practices across our most successful customers to make sure that you know, is this the right thing for me or no, not this one. Um, what was the other thing on here? Yep. Anything else on tech? Turbulent times and tech. <laughs> yes, actually. So um, I'm doing a lot of market research right now. I want to stay in the pulse of what's going on. And so the reason why a lot of vendors know me is because that's my partner. If my team is not big, or even if they are big, everybody's got projects, I'm going to lean heavily, heavily on my vendor relationship. Um, there are tools right now that actually help you with the comparison analysis that that you're taking up, you know, oh, you have to find three tools, compare cost, ease of use, implementation, then you have to do the testing for it. There's something out there called Vendor, V-E-N-D-R. Guess what? They do all that for you. <laughs> Look it up. They, it shows you competitor, pricing without having to click a demo request, you know. Uh, reviews, they are partnered with G2. Everything all in one place. And then if you don't want to do that, 
there's partners like a company called Tropic. I have to say Tropic does They negotiate on your behalf. If you don't like negotiating, because you're like, I'm in RevOps, I'm not in sales, why are you talking about, about money? I don't care, just give me the product. They will go on your behalf, find you the best product per your needs. They are an extension of your team and they are amazing. So that's just my two cents. I wanted to throw that out there. Good, great. I have one other thing. Yeah, please. That we, as we've been diving into our, our tech um, usage, mm. we found so many licenses not being used that we were paying for and across the board. And it's very interesting because you're like, oh, we use that. Totally. Oh, there's five people using it. I guess you don't need it that much. <laughs> so just really diving into those licenses and removing them, and that will actually save a lot of, a lot of money as well. Excellent. Um, we were talking about something about tech, and I was going to say something I, I forgot. <laughs> hmm. Uh, well, you know what? We do have more questions, but does anyone have questions about tech, tech stack? And oh, I do know what I was going to say. I don't like buying software. <laughs> When I started in operations, there was no software to buy. It was really easy, and we got to do our jobs all day. Um, now, buying, procuring, managing, implementing, optimizing, consolidating, it is a huge part of what we do. And I know most of you are in RevOps, or some of you are selling to RevOps, like help us buy from you, because buying is not our favorite thing. Um, but we are very detail-oriented, and we do... We do the three vendors. I, I thought that was funny. You said, I checked all three. <laughs> um, it's, it's time consuming. We do comparison spreadsheets and all that, but you know, help us, help us buy from you. Yeah, and then you go up against the vendor selection committee where you've done all this research and then finance comes in and goes, we time out, that one's cheaper. Why do you want this other one? And you're like, ah, oh. add a zero. <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> Did anyone have, we were going to talk a little bit about skill sets of the RevOps team. Did anyone want to ask a question about tech and tech stack and uh, managing that through turbulent times before we move on to the next topic? Yes. You might have to scream. I would not make that switch. I'm not sure if I, <laughs> I think the question was, if you have a, a piece of software that is relatively inexpensive, but to rem un... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then the cost is not really just in the software. And that's part of our job is to talk about the cost of owning technology. And it doesn't end at the software subscription. There's support, there's services, there's change management, um, how much time we have to invest in managing it. And we did look across the org. We consolidated two pieces of tech that did something very similar. But I thought, why are we troubleshooting two pieces of tech? Why are we putting together implementation details for two pieces of tech? I really like them both. There was no... I guess it was kind of almost flip a coin and pick, um, pick the one that was you know, easier to keep on and less people to train and move over. Um, but there is a cost. And you explained that very well in the second part of your comment was like, it's a lot of work. There's a cost to that. You're very valuable. <laughs> we, we call those tools sticky. 
yeah. the ones that stick <laughs> because it's contract you're stuck in yeah. or to rip and replace them is very expensive. Do you um, know of any, are there any governance tools that exist that keep track of all the licenses that can basically help you, mm. you know, manage everything beyond a spreadsheet? Yes. Uh, Tropic, they're not just negotiating. That's like a huge thing. I brought that up because I was like, shoot, I don't want to negotiate. But their tool actually keeps track of all the usage, licenses. That's one example of a tool that does it for you. Um, you could always go the old-fashioned way with spreadsheets. Um, there's the, the tools like Okta that connects to all your tools. And so you see how many licenses there are, usage, all that. There are actually quite a lot of productivity tools out there that, ch that track that for you um, if you don't want to do it yourself. Other questions? Oh, no. Wait, wait. So let's see. We, we still have about, oh, go ahead. Acquisitions. Um, eh, either, don't like either it. Either being the <laughs> recipient or the uh, person doing it to you. Um, the question is really, um, have you had to do business cases to justify what's in your stack? Yeah. <laughs> Write a business cases case for your, your stack. stack. Is it because of an acquisition, did you say? I'm starting that right now. New Relic has <laughs> just announced we are getting acquired by two private equity firms. And we are, I just got the email saying, let's dive into the tech stack. So I don't have a lot of answers for you. But the good thing is, is we have been consolidating for the past year and a half. And we've got use cases, slide decks almost on every single tool because we have to present to our tool governance board on every renewal as well as new purchase. So I'm actually excited because I think we're very well prepared for that. But as far as the outcome, yeah, we're not there yet. But that's I it. Like I'm creating a tool governance board member of <laughs> one and I make all the decisions. <laughs> Welcome to the team. Um, two things about acquisitions I, I find kind of tricky. I've only been part of the acquiring company. I don't think I've ever been acquired um, or I have and haven't stayed on long enough. Not the best tech always. The best tech doesn't always win. And unfortunately, it's usually the person or the company acquiring that the tech wins because back office and back end and all that infrastructure is already built and integrated. So it, was, it saddens me to know that sometimes we don't pick the best, but that's what I see that happens in the majority of those situations. Um, acquisitions, you know who hates acquisitions? Databases. We don't like companies with multiple domains and two different or three different emails. So that is not what you asked about, but it, it's one of the things I think about um, when so many acquisitions are happening right now, keeping that data clean and understanding the accounts and the account structures, it's been a challenge. I, I don't actually have an answer. I just wanted to say that out loud and be heard. <laughs> um, I haven't yet had a situation where I've had to consolidate after an acquisition, but I've done a system overhaul and the most important thing is that you have champions from specific departments, people who are experts in the tool or in their, their area that they're focused on, data governance or systems, what have you. Um, and you just have to plan it out. Try not to rush it, because if you do, you're not going to have a fun time. Um, start with, you know, you need to really just break it down, plan out. If I start here, what's that going to affect here? And then just look at that flow. Like, how does it flow down? You start with the data governments, where's all the data coming from? Because that's the foundation of every system and every tool. 
Then you look at, um, you know, which systems and how are they talking to each other. Then you end up with the change management process. So you got to really, really partner with enablement for change management, especially if you're sunsetting some tools, which the acquired organization is probably going to be the one to get hit with the most. Um, but that's in a, you know, a very strong project plan. You can't just like, okay, go at it. <laughs> We're just going to see where we land. Um, and then lots of tests. Do tests. Do lots of tests. Sandboxes are your friend. They are your friend. <laughs> oh. I think this is our last question. <laughs> so you guys talked a lot about consolidation. Um, but there's also a lot of great new tech out there and sometimes you still have a gap that you need to fill. How do you, are you approaching or would you approach if you wanted to, in this turbulent time, acquire a new software or a new process, something that you actually have to spend on? How do you justify that? How are you building your business case um, alongside all this consolidation? It's hard. It's really, especially when you have to go to the tool governance board in front of the whole company with our CFO on it and operations and sell it, sell a tool. And they'll come back with, did you look at this? Did you look at that? So uh, we've also consolidated a while ago that we can actually even have the budget for it. And that again, going in with warmly a cheaper, you know, tool definitely helps the use case. Um, but yeah, it's not easy and not everything gets approved. <laughs> it's really tough. As someone who has managed and had to buy and negotiate tools for many different companies, my advice would be know your audience. So if you're going to your head of RevOps, they're going to care about people hours. They're going to care about ease of use and standing it up. They're going to want to make sure this is going to make people's lives easier. If you're going to finance, uh, <laughs> what? They're going to want the cheapest, but if you show the comparison of people hours and how much that costs versus how much you're going to save with this tool, you have that laid out, they're going to be very happy because they want to save money, right? Um, if you're going to the systems team, they just want to make sure that it's compliant. It's got their SOC 2. It's got, you know, it's enterprise ready. Um, how many people is it going to affect? Uh, so that's my advice is know your audience. Also work with the vendor. A lot of the times they have example ROIs for you. Lean on them. They want to sell to you. So have them work for you. And they will. I've had vendors go, can I be on your vendor selection committee and help you out? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. You've done a lot of work already. It's good. Don't worry about it. Um, last, have a champion in your company. My champion at Zoom, for example, was Hillary Headley to bring in lean data. Everybody else was like, what the hell is lean data? We don't know what lean data is. She was my champion because she was head of RevOps, well, head of sales ops at the time. She was able to champion us to bring that to the top of the line. We were able to get that through the door. Um, you know, it's it, obviously a perfect tool. Love the team. That's not always enough when your audience is like at the very top and they're looking down and they're like, what? You're doing it right. Just do your job. It's fine. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate you guys coming out today and talking about this. I really hope that we can continue meeting at events like this and learning from each other because I do rely on you to, um, to provide insights and ideas and to strengthen the brand of RevOps. So I just wanted to thank you all for being here and thank you guys. The Opstars podcast is brought to you by Lean Data. 
To find out more about us and our suite of Salesforce native products for marketing, sales, and revenue operations, head to leandata.com and then make sure to search for OpStars in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at OpStars and Lean Data, thanks for listening.